0: don't wait visit sonobello.com slash save sonobello.com slash save sonobello.com slash save
1: family it looks a little different for everyone for some it's mom and dad for others roommates who feel like family
0: Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I am your host, I am your guide, as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, and the Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, and Simul TV, now, if you'd like to send me an email, same email as I've had for the last 30 years, exon at exoneradiotv.com on all social media sites, exone Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Exone Nation, my guest this hour is Tolly Birkin, and Tolly began teaching in 1973. Now, at that time, he presented the science of happiness, which was invented by Kevin Keyes. Tolley and Kevin taught together and co-authored the best-selling book, How to Make Your Life Work or Why Why Aren't You Happy, which was published by Simon & Schuster in 1976. Now, Tolley is most renowned, however, as the founder of the international firewalking movement. Tolly's approach to firewalking resulted in a global phenomenon of over 6 million people attending firewalking classes. Due to his pioneering strategies, firewalking seminars are now regularly offered on six continents. Joining me now from the mountains of California is Tolly Birkin. And Tolly, welcome back to the X-O. Great having you with us. Rob, thank you so much for this opportunity because I feel... I have
1: a message that changes people's lives. And even though we don't have much time, I feel I can plant some seeds and people will be able to tap into more of their potential after this broadcast.
0: I'm sure in these days and times of, of social unrest, as well as the COVID-19 pandemic, that, that messages that, that plant the seeds where somebody can be can take the negative that we have today and look forward into something, as well as the happiness that you have talked about for many years. How do we do this? Where do we start? You know,
1: a lot of people think that firewalking is paranormal, which is quite logical. I believed it was paranormal for most of my life. It never even occurred to me that I would walk on hot coals. And after having done this, It shows me, it shows anybody that there's more to life than we realized and that what we thought was paranormal is actually normal and that we have within ourselves the capacity to do things that we might not have ever dreamed we could do. And for an example, I go into elementary schools and I show students how to break a brick with their bare hand. Wow. Well, if some kid's been bullied and feels like a wimp, Uh, you know, he'll grow up to be an adult with low self-esteem. But if I come in there and show him, look, you have potential you never realized you possessed, for an example, and then he breaks the brick. And I say, well, how many other things are you not doing because of your low self-image? And so that's really Mm. what I'm here to do, is show people that what they thought was extraordinary is actually quite ordinary. They've just never been taught how to access their inner resources.
0: Now, over the years, you've taught firewalking to many celebrities, including Dr. Andrew Weil, uh, Regis Philbin, who just passed away a couple of days ago, as well as Anthony Robbins. Uh, You also demonstrate Mind Over Matter, and you've done so totally on national television by influencing slot machines in uh, Nevada casinos during one of the performances that you uh, were That was covered by, if my memory serves me correct, Inside Edition. So when we look at fire walking, for example, fire is hot. Fire burns. Yet, why aren't people burned walking on fire? The explanation is so simple. It's science. When
1: I was in eighth grade, the science teacher boiled water in a paper cup. Well, that just seemed impossible to me. But the logic is, you know, the paper's going to burn. But as long as there's water in that cup, the water can't get any hotter than 212 degrees or it'll turn to steam. Mm -hmm. So if there's water in the cup, it's touching the paper, preventing the paper from getting any hotter than 212 degrees. So, of course, the paper doesn't burn and he can boil the water over a propane flame and the paper doesn't burn. And people can see this on YouTube. It's a a common demonstration. Well, your body is very similar to the paper cup. The blood going through the soles of our feet is like the water in the cup. And as long as we're in the right mental state, that blood's just going to flow through the soles of our feet and carry the temperature away within split seconds. But the people who start thinking, I'm going to burn, I'm going to burn, they work themselves up into a state where the blood flow is not what it usually is. And sure enough, they think they're going to get burned, and they do get burned. And so this isn't mind over matter. I call this mind in matter. And I can give your listeners an example right now without having to explain anything. If you're listening to this, imagine now I'm holding... Half a lemon in Mm -hmm. my hand. Yeah. And it is juicy. Imagine Mm. you're holding half a lemon. Look down and see the yellow pulp, see the seeds. And now I'm going to start sucking when I count to three. And you do the same. Pretend you're sucking on a lemon. One, two, three. Whoa, that was a juicy one. Sure was. So what happens is you think lemon. Mm -hmm. And your body is not like a paper cup really your body has a mind in it and every cell in your body is connected to a nerve and every nerve in your body is connected to the brain and we just showed you how the brain can be influenced by the mind and i could go on and you know use some descriptive sexual fantasies and show people this is mind and matter look I play with your mind, and your blood pressure goes up, your body temperature mm-hmm. goes up. And so the lesson from all this is for people to start watching what they're doing with their minds because they don't realize that what they think has an impact on their body and their health and their relationships, etc.
0: How do you teach people to influence slot machines in Las Vegas? Now, this has got my interest up because my wife usually loses, in fact, 99.9999999% of the time she loses.
1: Well, then she has to read my book, Extreme Spirituality, because the longest chapter in the book is about how to use slot machines as biofeedback devices. And this is very simple. Again, the body is a package of chemicals, electronic impulses, Mm -hmm. And so we are walking electrochemical packages.
0: Well, sure. And every, everybody so, knows that we have an aura, which is actually an electromagnetic field around the body.
1: And if you're at the fruit stand in the market mm-hmm. and the guy, you know, at the next uh, batch of fruit just had a fight with his wife and he's so pissed off, he's just emanating his hostility and his anger and you can feel it without him saying a word likewise if he had just made love with his wife and he's blissed out and you can feel that he's you know at peace and ecstatic so what i'm saying shouldn't be hard for people to understand and if you're standing next to a slot machine obviously it's an electronic device and if we are emanating electronics and our thoughts decide what kind of electrical impulse we're sending out, Mm -hmm. we've done this on Inside Edition, and the reporter at the end of the session, he said, well, look, the numbers don't lie. And when you think Mm -hmm. positive thoughts, when you think about loving and, and serving and enjoying life, you're in a different electromagnetic state, and if you pull the lever on the slot machine, Statistically, we've shown that more often than not, you'll win.
0: Fascinating.
1: And this is the impetus for people to start looking at their thoughts and realizing wait a minute, it's not what happens to me, it's what I think about it that determines whether I'm going to get sick Mm -hmm. and go into a negative state or whether I'm going to say, okay. This is a lesson. I'm going to learn the lesson and go on and be a bigger person for it.
0: Sounds like that old saying, if you confess it, you will possess it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, Tony.
1: You know, they tried to show I was a fraud on national TV, and they absolutely proved that what I was doing was legitimate because the reporter did everything he could to see if he could bollocks what I was trying to show everybody. And he wound
0: up, we, here's what we did. Tolly, we've got to take our first break. Please stand by. Exonation Nation, okay. Tolly Birkin is our special guest. His website is tollybirkin.com. That's T-O-L-L-Y-B-U-R-K-A-N.com. Wow. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Tolly Birkin and I will return on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone. Don't go away. Tolly Birkin is my guest this hour, XO Nation, And uh, you've probably seen Tolly on, uh, let me see, so just some of the major shows that he's been on include Donahue, Regis, Geraldo, and Mythbusters, as well as Inside Edition that we were talking about in the first segment. Um, wh- what do people say, like this Inside, Re- Inside Edition reporter, after, you know, the experiment that you did with the slot machines. And I, what do other reporters say?
1: Let, let me take people back to where we were right before the break. Okay. We were in a Nevada casino. Yes. And we were using the slot machines yep. as biofeedback devices so people could see a material demonstration that when they think negative thoughts, it's a lot different than when they think positive thoughts. Right. So the reporter from Inside Edition was such a doubter. He was so negative when he got there, and he just couldn't believe that his thoughts were going to have some kind of power that you could measure. Mm -hmm. And so I have, just for this purpose, a grip meter. And this is what medical doctors use after someone's had a stroke and they're in physical therapy. Uh, They have this grip meter so that the doctor can see their progress and how their strength is developing week after week. And so We had everybody in the seminar bombard this guy with negative thoughts. Isn't this the most ugly man you've ever seen in your (laughs) life? Look at his poor posture. I bet he's a terrible lover. And I asked the guy to start thinking things like, I'm not a success, I'm a failure, I'm weak. And then I said, okay, now pull the grip meter. And we measured the strength of his grip and he's pulling it as hard as he could. Then we had the group bombard him with great positive thoughts. He must be a great lover. Look how handsome he is. Love the way he dresses. And now we asked the reporter to start thinking thoughts like, you know, I'm strong. I'm intelligent. I'm magnetic. And then he pulls the grip meter, and there was a huge difference in his physical strength. And so what we demonstrated was that your thoughts are going to determine the outcome of whatever you do. When people walk up to the brick and I say, I'm going to have you break the brick, if they say, well, I can't, well, that's self-fulfilling, then they can't. But if they say, I can, I will, I must, they manufacture the strength so that they can do it. And here's what your listeners can do so that they can benefit from what we're discussing and apply it to their lives. If I hit a dog on the foot with a stone, the dog is aware of pain in its foot. But if I hit one of your human listeners on the foot with a stone, of course they're aware of pain in their foot. But they're the only animal on earth that can be aware that they're aware of pain in their foot. They can be aware that they are aware. And once somebody gets that this is what really makes us different from all the other animals, We can start watching our thoughts like we're in a movie theater and they're on the screen. And we can start seeing the connection. Well, when I think those kinds of thoughts, look at the results. When I think these kinds of thoughts, well, I'm getting a lot different results. And this is the big step because now people no longer feel like a victim. They can't blame the government or their parents or their religion. They have to start taking personal responsibility. And once they start watching their thoughts, They'll start changing the thoughts that they see don't serve them. That's the purpose of my work.
0: After two attempt uh, attempted suicide in your 20s, how were you able to turn your life around? What was it that one day clicked with you totally?
1: Well, you know, Rob, this is, I'm going to talk about myself because my, my, my life, I feel I've had this very dramatic life. Mm-hmm because I was going to become a public person and my life would teach other people. I was so depressed that I twice tried to kill myself. Yeah. And then 47 years ago, a doctor said, you know what, you're suffering from clinical depression. And he put me on mega vitamin therapy. Your listeners, if they're depressed, I mean, there's a lot of depression out there, Rob. It people sure on opioids. Yeah. And, painkillers trying to block out the negative thoughts and the depression and the bad feelings. And what I'm saying is, look, take responsibility. Go online, whatever your browser is, and type in clinical depression plus megavitamins. And again, we're electro-biochemical entities. Mm -hmm. And if you change the chemical composition of what's going on in inside of us, then you change the chemical composition of everything, including the brain. And if we're not able to make dopamine and serotonin, we're not going to be happy, we're going to be depressed. So the first thing I encourage people to do is, if they're suffering from depression, not to blame anyone, but instead of playing the victim, say, okay, I'm going to get online and I'm going to find out how I can chemically help myself. And then read my books, because it's not just changing your body chemistry. You have to change the way your mind works. And I, I, I've been taking these megavitamins every day for 47 years. I'm 72, and for 47 years, I haven't thought about killing myself. So I want people to follow in my footsteps. I'm trying to lay out a blueprint on how I did it, how I went from – I mean, I was so depressed – The first time I attempted suicide, my heart stopped beating. They had to revive me. And, Rob, you can't get any more depressed than being dead. So, you know, look at who's telling you this, somebody who really did turn his life around. And one of the big things was my brother took me to his meditation teacher, and she said, well, why would you want to kill yourself? And I said, I'm in so much pain, I don't even want to get out of bed. And she goes, oh, poor boy, where's the pain? Is it in your head? Are you getting headaches? Are you getting chest pain? Mm -hmm. I said, no, no, it's not in my body. She said, dummy, don't (laughs) kill your body. You'll still be miserable. Wait until you're happy. Then kill yourself. Well, what she said made total sense, even though it made no sense at all. And for the first time, I got, that, oh my goodness, you know, I I could kill myself, I'd still be miserable. And then I met, you called him Kevin Kies, his name is Ken Kais. I met Ken Kais. He was so happy, it was radiating off of him, Rob, like sunlight, and he's a quadriplegic. I couldn't believe my eyes. Here's this man, just a head on top of a shriveled body. He got polio when he was 27, oh God, and now he's 54, so, Half his life he's been carried to the toilet, fed, his teeth had to be brushed, someone had to dress him and wash him, and here he is happy. And I'm thinking, well, what's going on in my life that I'm so miserable here? I mean, he's got something to really be miserable over, and he's incredibly happy. And so he taught me, and he and I, we co-authored a book called How to Make Your Life Work or Why Aren't You Happy?, All of my books are on my website. I don't want to promote my books.
0: Why not? They're wonderful books. I followed what he said. Yeah.
1: And obviously, I turned my life around. Now I teach other people how to be happy. I'm the happiest person I know, Rob.
0: You're making me happy. Just listen to you. Listening to you.
1: Well, you know, people have things that they're really ashamed of and things that they're really proud of. Yeah. And the thing I'm most ashamed of, Rob, is when I was so depressed, when I was 19, I felt like a victim. I thought it has to be the fault of my parents or my government or living in New Jersey. And so I thought if I could only start over again, maybe if I had a new life, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be so depressed. And so I faked my death. And not only did I fake my death, it was so successful that 300 people came to my funeral. There was a body washed ashore right where I was last seen. I didn't arrange that, but the divers couldn't get the body. It was swept out by a riptide, but they described it, and it it was my description, and I was the only one that was missing. And so 300 people came to my funeral, and the problem was I wasn't a victim. The problem I was having was me. And I took the problem with me. So even though I got a new name and a whole new identity, I was still depressed. And so several months later I, I went back home and I said I had amnesia. I don't remember what happened to me. And then it just got worse and worse and worse until I finally attempted suicide. I you know, I didn't I didn't know in those days megavitamins weren't so well known.
0: You know, I'm sure there's no one listening tonight, Tully, who has not heard the expression from one doctor or another, chemical imbalance. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And this is exactly what you've been talking about. And what we need to do is regain balance of our chemical makeup in order to set things straight again. Listen, you and, and that's I... just the first
1: step, Rob. Yeah. I mean, because we're a mind body, and mind body medicine doesn't just focus on the
0: body. I got you that. have to
1: take charge of watching your thoughts because it's not what happens
0: to you, yeah. it's what you do about it. All right, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Always great talking to you, Tolly. Exonation Nation, Tolly Birkin is our special guest. com, And all his great books, and they are great books, and I'll promote his books, are on his website, TollyBirkin.com. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on fire. The time to hesitate is through. The time to wallow in the mire. Try... I dig rock and roll music and love to get the chance to play and sing it. About the happiest sound going down today.
1: The message may not move me or mean a great deal to me.
0: But hey, it feels so groovy to say I think the Welcome back everyone. Toly Birkin is my guest to this hour, ww.tolybirkin. Com. All right. So, Tolly, we, we've talked about the chemical aspect, and we talked about the, the chemical supplements and how it's important to bring our chemical balance back to the best it can be. But that's not yes. where it star- stops. We still need to progress. We still need to, I, can I say it that we still need to, ta- to make the entire body, soul, spirit connection?
1: Yes. You know, when what we were talking right before the break, I said this is what I'm most ashamed of, and I mm-hmm. don't want to just leave that there. Uh, I was most ashamed of the fact that I faked my death, and the people I most loved, my closest friends and family, I, I caused them what well, you can imagine. You know, or maybe you can't imagine, you know, I was dead.
0: Mm.
1: And so what I'm most proud of is that I completely turned my life around. You know, there was no magic cure. I had to do it one mm-hmm. step at a time. I started with megavitamin therapy and then Ken Kyes. Here he is a quadriplegic and he's so happy. And I learned what he taught me. Here's how I became a happy person. And it doesn't matter what happens to you. It's how you respond. And so my story was so dramatic after faking my death and then twice, trying to kill myself the first time they had to revive me because my heart had stopped. And now I'm so happy. But everybody was wondering, is it going to last? <laughs> but 47 years have gone by, Rob. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, I'm the happiest person I know. I haven't met the Dalai Lama. Maybe he's happier than I am. But how I did it is my contribution, my way of giving back. In my books, I very candidly talk about their mostly nonfiction. I only wrote one novel, but my books are what you'd call self-help books. Right. And I try to show people, look, here's somebody who's just like you. If I can walk on fire, you can walk on fire. If I can turn my life around after being so depressed, you can turn your life around too. But most people feel helpless. And so I'm hoping this broadcast will motivate a few of your listeners to take the necessary steps so that they can use more of their inner potential, be happier, be more successful and have better relationships.
0: I'd like to just go back to the the part where you in your life where you faked your own death. What did the people say after it was discovered that you indeed did not have amnesia, but you actually faked your own death? Well,
1: I'd say, what, 15 years went by before I I, I spoke the truth. Mm -hmm. And so enough time had gone by that it became an interesting story. And I think the people who were most impacted were my closest friends and family, and I told them the truth. And they felt compassion for me. And that's when I... I started thinking of myself as mentally ill and looked for a cure. And it took me a long time and two suicide attempts. But I'm alive today and I'm telling your listeners, I don't care how depressed you are. The solution is not taking opioids. The solution is not drinking alcohol. The solution is to take responsibility and say, look, Tali Burkhan said, I can turn this around, and I don't think he's bullshitting me. And so let them start with any one of my books. Uh, the, the most universally enjoyed book is, is Let It Be Easy. It's in 16 languages, and it would appeal to anybody of any religion. You can give it as a gift to friends. It doesn't mention firewalking. It's very linear. It's even in Christian bookstores. And if people can relate to what I'm trying to convey, well, then they can read another book. And I'm not the only self-help author. Uh, They can read a book like Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not promoting my books or any author. I'm promoting a state of mind. And I'm saying to people, whatever author speaks your language, pursue this. Because I absolutely am a walking testament that people who are so depressed, and as I said, you can't get more depressed than killing yourself. And here I am saying to you, look, I'm no different than you are. No matter how bleak and black it seems, there's resources in you that you've never even thought of using before.
0: But here we are in a very, very ominous part of our lives, not just individuals, but entire countries being faced with a devastating pandemic, a, a financial ruin, people are unemployed, families are breaking up, bankruptcies are us. The amount of stress on people today, Tully, I don't think has ever been encountered before.
1: Well, I I beg to differ with you, Rob. Okay. You know, we've been through the yellow fever and the bubonic plague Mm -hmm. and AIDS. You know, there's been a lot of situations that have stressed us out. And I don't see this as a bad thing. I see, and this is not my perspective, this is an oriental perspective, that catastrophes are opportunities. And I believe unless we get tested, we never really understand what resources we can bring to bear. And there's no practical application for firewalking. Why would somebody want to do it? Because once they've done it, they realize, you know, this wasn't anything more than a challenge. And the same way that a person who walks across fire uses that challenge They can use the COVID-19 in the exact same way. No matter how challenged you've been, your financial challenges, whatever it is, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it.
0: But how do we get people to the state of mind where they can actually rationalize and understand what you're talking about?
1: Well, I would say you've got to maybe start By reading one of my books in the comfort of your armchair, I wouldn't Uh say that next week you should sign up for a fire walk or go
0: skydiving. Yeah, neither way.
1: I'm saying take baby steps. Baby steps will get you over the mountain.
0: Inch by inch, life is a cinch. Yard by yard, Yard it's too fucking hard. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's so hard. It is. It is. Rob, Mm. again. I'm not here trying to promote my website or sell my books. I'm here to use my life as an example. Here's somebody that you're talking to who was so depressed. He twice tried to kill himself. And a lot of people are depressed out there and they're not that depressed. And so if this person Mm -hmm. could turn his life around, you can too. And People think, oh, well, he's special. He can walk on fire. And that's why I do my work is to show everybody can do what I do. Let, let me nothing at- I, I can do you can't
0: do, Rob. Let me ask you this. Were your attempted suicides real attempted suicides, or were they just suicides to get help, to get attention to something that you're lacking in your life?
1: Well, after the first suicide, Mm -hmm. I was in a very long coma. I was in the hospital for three and a half months. After the second suicide, uh, I came out of the hospital, but I could barely walk. I was in a wheelchair, and then I was on crutches. Uh, I did tremendous physical harm to my body. Oh, God. And it wasn't that I was calling out for help. The most horrible thing was when I opened my eyes and I realized I was still alive and I said to my younger brother I said I don't get it Barry how come I'm still alive he said because you're supposed to be here and now looking back seeing what my work has been and the mail that I get from people whose lives have been turned around by taking seminars or reading books and I just feel that I've been used and I I don't think that I'm such a great person I just think that the conditions were right so that I could be used by a higher power, and you can call it whatever you want, a paranormal power or whatever. But clearly, people have changed their lives as a result of my work.
0: Tolly, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this uh, hour. An next donation. If you'd like to find out more about Tolly, if you'd like to buy any of his books, they're all available on his website, Tolly Birkin. Dot com. That's TollyBurken.com, and Tolly is spelled tollyburka com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. We'll both be back on the other side of this break, investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology. Now, for all the program information on the Exxon Broadcast Network visit www.xzbn.net. And if you'd like to send me an email with your comments, your show suggestions, or just to say hi, my email address is exxon at The mamas and the papas at the sunset Strip in L.A. And they got, they got a good i yeah. Oh, you were gone Suzanne, the plans, they may put an end to you I walked out this morning And I wrote down this song I just can't remember who
1: to send it to I've seen fire and I've seen rain
0: Welcome back, everyone. Tolly Burkin is our special guest. www.tollyburkin.com. First of all, Tolly, thank you so much for joining us and uh, thank you for all the great work you've done over the years. It's always a great pleasure talking to you. I just feel I've received so much, it's a pleasure to give back, really. Tolly, when you're writing your books, where do you get your inspiration from? Well, it's nice that you just said that
1: because i had a thought and i thought well i don't want to end the show without sharing this and so i'm going to answer your question at the very end of what i'm about to say okay because i know a lot of your listeners they're attracted to the paranormal and i'm trying to say that a lot of what you think is paranormal is really normal for an example norman cousins who's now deceased But years ago, he had a terminal illness, and he knew about the mind-body connection, and so he got this idea Mm -hmm. that if he laughed a lot, laughter would change the biochemistry of his body in an effective way. So he had friends bring him, there was no internet, so they had to bring tapes of, Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello and Amos and Andy, all of these old comedies, Burns and Allen. Mm -hmm. And he laughed and he laughed and he laughed all day long and he didn't die. They called him the man who laughed his way back from the grave. And there's medical doctors like Carl Simonton, Andrew Weil, Bernard Siegel, traditional doctors who have documented cases of tumors, some the size of grapefruits going into complete remission in days not months in days so this is normal this isn't paranormal and the reason people are confused is for an example you look up and you see the full moon at night and you think oh it's up there but what you're calling moon is an electrochemical change in your brain and that synapse you experienced is the moon out there, but it's nothing out there. It's something in here. And so when you realize that what's going on out there is Mm -hmm. a reflection of what's going on in here, you start going inside more and more, realizing that when you make changes there, it's reflected in your life out there. And that's what I do when I'm writing my books is I go inside because I see That is the real. I don't light candles. I don't light incense. I don't have holy pictures that I bow before. I just get very quiet and I go inside because it's all inside of us. And when people realize what's inside, I mean, a lot of people never looked in there. And when you realize the wealth of information and guidance that's inside of you Mm -hmm. You'll stop putting so much of your attention on the outside world. You know, what you're saying is true. There's horrible things going on in the world, but it could be worse. You could be living in Syria. That's right. You could be in a detention camp at the border. You could have children starving and you don't know where to turn. And I have pictures of people who are suffering so that you can feel the distress emanating off of them and i have them on my computer desktop lest i ever forget that there's people suffering so and i'm blessed you know whatever's going on in my life it could be worse and i'm sure your readers no matter what i mean your listeners no Mm -hmm. matter what's going on in their lives they understand that it could be worse much worse
0: it reminds me of the michael jackson song where the man in the mirror has all the answers
1: Well, you know, gratitude is such an amazing sense. Mm -hmm. I only have one spiritual practice, Rob, and I've been doing it for 40 years. I get up in the morning and I say, okay, today I'm going to remember as often as I can to be thankful for this. And sometimes I'm just thankful that there's been no forest fire in my area. Sometimes I'm thankful to my appliances for not breaking. But the positive thoughts, the gratitude and the thankfulness, Mm -hmm. it changes my biochemistry, my electrochemistry. And if I can make myself happy just through this simple little spiritual practice, I know I'm happier and healthier and I'm enjoying my life as a result of that very simple practice. Anybody can do it. Just take one thing in the morning and say, as often as I can remember, I'm going to be grateful for this all through the day. And it puts you in your heart and you feel the difference when you're in gratitude than when you're in anger. It's a lot different. You know, you start seeing fear and anger and all of those things as something you can control with your thoughts and you go, I don't want to do that to myself anymore.
0: Tully, why don't they teach this kind of thinking in schools? this would make the children a good chance and it would help make a better world.
1: I did for many, many years brought these programs that uh, brick breaking and Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about here into elementary schools, because I thought if you can give this to kids at an early age, then it will shape the way they grow. And that's why some of my books can be easily read by teenagers. In fact, on Facebook yesterday, a woman says, I have a 13-year-old daughter. She just talks about killing herself. She's so depressed. And I said, have her read Dying to Live. It's for adults, but she'll understand it. And I said, well, if you go to read Dying to Live, you got to put my my name next to it. Because when I wrote the book, it was the only one with that title. And now there's 20 books that copied my title, because you can't copyright a title. So I feel if, if this girl at the age of 13 can absorb even just a few of the thoughts that I put out there in the book, it could shock her into realizing that she's responsible for her life, that she can do the things necessary to change her life, that she's not a victim. And the problem is most people, when they're suffering, they feel victimized. They mm-hmm. don't realize that they could be just like Ken Kai's, a quadriplegic. In a wheelchair for 27 years, happiest man I ever met in my life.
0: Charlie, with all the people that you speak to throughout the years, in your opinion, what is the number one cause of youth depression?
1: I think it's fear and doubt. Uh, I look at myself, and I realized I was afraid of growing up. I didn't feel I had any role models that I wanted to imitate. Uh, Everywhere I looked, I saw people on treadmills. Nobody seemed happy to me. And so I was depressed. I felt, my God, I don't want to grow up. And I had this horrific fear of becoming an adult. And next to fear, I think the thing which stops us most is doubt, self-doubt. And in a firewalk or a brick breaking seminar, people look at their fears and they look at their doubts because as long as you stash them away and try to pretend they're not there, uh, they just keep eating away at you and prevent you from using your full potential. And so in reading my books, people resolve a lot of their doubts, a lot of their fears. And I should mention one thing. Every one of my books has a money-back guarantee. If someone doesn't get any value from the book, they just need to send me an email and I put the cover price in their PayPal account.
0: Tolly, we've got about two minutes left. What are your final thoughts for the members of the Exon Nation? What would you like them to remember most about this conversation that you and I have had over the past hour?
1: Well, they can look at their lives and they can look at their pasts and mm-hmm. know that their future is not a reflection of where they are today or where they used to be. And a part of what I've taught people is to create the future that they want and to say, okay, this is what I want, and to sit down with a paper and pen and start writing down, I want this kind of car, I want this kind of a relationship. And most people, they go through life, They don't know what they want. They're just damn sure they don't have it. And so I'd like people to take responsibility to know that if there's something in their life that they're unhappy with, that they can change that. And as I said, you can read my book, and if you don't get value from it, I'll I'll give you your money back. And it's not the only book out there. The beginning is to say, all right, this is a journey, and the journey of a 1,000 miles, it always starts with one step. And you take the step, yeah. and then you just keep going, and baby steps will get you over the mountain. You can't get impatient with yourself as long as you're moving in the right direction.:
0: Tolly, the time has come when we must say so long for now. Again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. It's always a great pleasure talking to you and Exonation, if you would like to get, find out more about Tolly or if you'd like to order any of his books, they're all on his website at Tolly Burken. Com. Until next we meet, my friend, take care of yourself. Be safe and be happy. Thank you. So long, Tully. Nation. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. As we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. It's going to feel real good. Going to make a difference. Going to make it Right. As I turn up the collar on my favorite
1: winter code. this wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street, but not enough to eat. Who
0: am I to be blind?